It's time to eat. Get in my belly. Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Russ Tucker and Evan Silva. Me so hungry. On the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast. Yeah, let's eat, baby. It is the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast presented by BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Use that beautiful promo code podcast one i am ross tucker former nfl offensive lineman just on a daily basis it seems welcoming new players eric saubert today to the conditional seventh round pick club it is a very esteemed membership i am the charter member welcome eric welcome as well evan silva is my buddy that you can check out establishtherun.com. Today, very excited. We got two more episodes again this week. We got two episodes going all the way through the end of the NFL regular season. We are continuing with Evan's tears on episode two this week. We got several requests from people that wanted defense special teams tears. And I get it. You know, a lot of you still have defense special teams in your leagues, and you want to make sure that you can know what Evan thinks about those. So that'll be on tomorrow's Fantasy Feast episode. Today, we've got Christopher Harris. He is a stud. Absolutely love, love, love every time I get a chance to get Christopher Harris here on the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast. Speaking of love... If you guys are really into football, as much as you say you are, you will love all the stuff Pro Football Focus has for you. It's legit awesome. It really is. They've got all of the ability to optimize every draft pick, every trade offer, every DFS lineup using PF. F analytics. You can also check out the most in-depth stats and analysis. I think you guys know, most of you at least, PFF literally evaluates every player on every play. So they should be ready to rock and roll and give you the best information. Plus, they've got that green line game picks for NFL and college games. If you are a high stakes player, you want to join PFF Elite. Go to PFF dot com that's Paul Frederick Frederick dot com and use promo code PFF twenty five to save twenty five percent for a limited time. Speaking also by the way, before we get to Christopher Harris, he's got a lot of great stuff by the way on what we learned so far in the first couple weeks of camp, first week one preseason. For a limited time only, you can get into the Fantasy Feast redraft league with myself and Evan Silva. And by the way, as Brian put out on Twitter at RTF Podcast tomorrow, we are giving away a free NFL Game Pass. That's a hundred bucks, dude. A, a year long subscription NFL Game Pass. We are giving that away tomorrow. Find my tweet at Ross Tucker NFL or Brian's at RTF Podcast and make sure you retweet that. And then listen tomorrow because we are giving away a free NFL Game Pass, which is pretty awesome, but only to somebody that retweets the uh, the tweet from Brian or me. Today, we're giving away another membership to the Redraft League with Evan and I, and it's Michael Worcester. 
And it's very simple. It's Michael Worcester because Michael Worcester took advantage of the Manscaped Code Feast. That's what we told you guys to do. I told you last week it was going to be Patreon or Manscaped, and Michael Worcester took advantage of it. So thank you, Michael. We still have several spots available. It's a 16-team Beast of the East and the entire world, actually. I don't know why I said Beast of the East program. So make sure you are following along on Twitter, what I say tomorrow as well, so that you know exactly. Manscaped still helps. Patreon.com slash RT Media still helps. Tell you what else helps. Yahoo. Why not? It's best ball. I love best ball. Evan loves best ball. Christopher Harris loves best ball. Yahoo Fantasy has some awesome best ball action. Most of you listening, I think, know what best ball is. It's no waiver wire, no trades, no adding or dropping. It's just the best part of actually playing fantasy football. The draft. The draft itself. So if you're tired of doing all those drafts and then having to manage all the leagues during the year, don't do it. Just do the drafts. You can draft up to 50 best ball teams. Play for free. Play for cash. Whatever you want. Most importantly, get to drafting with Yahoo Fantasy Best Ball. Join a league today at yahoo.com slash best ball. Coming soon also to the Yahoo Fantasy app. Well, as promised, I say it every time. I I need to say something else different when I have a guest on. I always say, as promised, the person I told you was going to be on is actually on. I told you 30 seconds ago he was going to be on. He is the one and only Chris Harris. You got to check him out on Twitter, at Harris Football. He's got the podcast. He's got the YouTube show. He's got the almanac. Everything is at harrisfootball.com. Chris, did I miss anything? I don't think so. I mean, I'm incredibly good-looking. My mom would probably want you to say that, but otherwise, I think you got it all. Incredibly good-looking, and <laughs> we we are kind of college rivals. Chris went to Cornell, which I guess there's a rivalry. It's kind of hard to see you guys at the bottom of the standings usually, um, <laughs> but you're in the same standings at least. How you doing in hockey these days? <laughs> there you go. And wrestling, right? Wrestling. Cornell's always good at wrestling, too. I didn't pay attention to the wrestling too much when I was there, but the hockey sure was good. Yeah, yeah, they are always excellent. I think I probably told this before, but that was like my job when I was at Princeton is I got paid to uh, go to the hockey games and rip tickets as people came to the games. I, I loved it. I got paid to just watch really high-level hockey really up close. It was, it was awesome. Almost as awesome as the conversation we are about to have. One of my favorite conversations every year because we're a couple weeks into training camp now, 14 days for most teams. We've got a preseason game under our belt. And so there's a lot of news coming out. And I always think it's interesting, and I wonder how much stock to put in this news. You are you know, one of the top fantasy football experts out there, long reputation, and deservingly so, um, for all the work that you do. And, and I guess I'll just start with there. Before we get into some specific things that have happened, some specific news, I guess I'll start there with just how much stock do you put into 
training camp reports over the first two weeks of camp and the news from beat writers and such, as well as you know what you see like in preseason week one or really the whole preseason since I won't get a chance to talk to you then. So I can sum it all up by saying mostly on my show, I refer to them as farts and whistles. So you can see the extent to which I have giant respect for uh, the acres and acres of media landscape that needs to be filled by something in this completely fallow time of year. And all there is is NFL training camp. And Jacob Hollister is somewhere out in the ether, I guess like a fifth on the depth chart in Seattle screaming, hello, I'm the new Gronk. I'm the new Gronk. Remember that story? Um, I, I have big problem with the way we cover the preseason. I think it's a huge overreaction almost always. To some degree, for fantasy purposes, I think it winds up presenting us with narratives that we can counter-program against, actual market inefficiencies that we can draft into when people overreact to stuff like Kalen Balaj getting the first carry at Dolphins camp. Oh, that was just such a big story that day. Um, generally speaking, I want to stick to my guns in talent evaluation. I the, the stuff that I spent all summer watching film and deciding what I think about these players should not get overturned by a fart and a whistle of of a coach in a press conference who just has to say something, so he says something kind of wishy-washy. So even beat writers who are at practice and noticing guys getting reps, you know, what about guys that are getting reps with the ones and, and, and things like that? Do you, do you take into account usage, stuff like that? I really don't. I, I, I mean, especially not the second week, second week of August. I mean, it, it, in the end, I don't know who's hurt. I don't know who's nursing something. I don't know who has an upset stomach. I don't know. You know, I guess you can start telling yourself the story over the cumulative course of August if it's a consistent positive theme about Terry McLaurin for Washington all the time that we, you know, from August 1st to August 30th, all we get is Terry McLaurin, Terry McLaurin. Okay, I'll start to tell myself a story that maybe that's real. But the problem is we live and we die. If we could, if we could swallow these things in, you know, kind of with the intensity that they deserve, which is, oh, okay, it's a nice little data point. I'll file it away. But that really isn't how we do it. We tweet about it and we create a frenzy over Kalen Balaj taking the first carry at Miami's camp. And suddenly, is Kenyon Drake even draftable anymore? And uh, so, so if we could find a way to metabolize these things in, in a way that was a little, you know, sort of as a side note and not the main course, I would be super happy, but that doesn't seem to be how we take it. So I'm just, I approach all positive stories that even come from beat reporters that are looking at how many reps that somebody's getting. Um, I, I tend to take with a pretty great grain of salt the thing that i pay more attention to is when negative stuff comes out when we're hearing that somebody can't get a rep or someone can't participate um otherwise it's all like maurice harris was all anybody could talk about the first couple days of patriots training camp he's the guy that's it it's the end and now it's jacoby myers and soon it'll be someone else um i'm i'm always taking note but i'm trying not to upset my evaluation based on it yeah, I think there's kind of a happy medium there. This is just my opinion, and I think you said it exactly right. Whereas it's a data point and something to be aware of, but obviously not to overreact to. I think that's well said, and I think that's some of the, the small edge you can get on other people if they're not paying attention at all. Well, let's get into some of the specifics of it, and I guess – you know, here we are, Monday, August 12th. I wrote about this this week in my column at The Athletic. 
Antonio Brown and everything going on with him. You know, there are people doing their drafts now. There are people doing best balls, stuff like that. What what are you telling him? What are you thinking right now, whether it's the, the feet issue or this helmet issue that is still up in the air as of we're, when we're talking right now? But is it really? I mean, I just don't I just think it's all this is drama. This kid likes drama. He just likes to be the center of it. He, just, he wants a high Q rating in my mind. It, it, I guess there's a what's the percent chance that this turns into Antonio Brown not playing or not playing really, really well? I just think it's nothing. I think we're we love somebody who acts like a clown and somebody who we can feel like we're superior to. And can you believe what a turkey he is and all that stuff? And it. Yeah, I'm still drafting Antonio Brown. I did lower him because I had him sort of in like a seven-way seven tie. <laughs> and I'm like, you, I think you could make a case for any one of seven guys to be the wide receiver one. I frankly think even in Oakland, even catching passes from Derek Carr, I still can make the case for Antonio Brown being in that group. But I acknowledge, okay, what if this is a guy past 30 who is somehow trying to like pull the ripcord and trying to parachute out of there, make excuses to kind of not show up and not be completely invested and involved. Fine. If I'm going to break a tie with a Devonte Adams or a Michael Thomas or whatever, I'll lower Brown a couple of spots. I just think he's way too good. I actually on my little YouTube show have, have put together a package showing people how defenses freak out when Antonio Brown's on the field. It'll be out on Monday afternoon. And he's just a sort of an unaccountable for player. If you play a single high safety and don't have that safety drift toward Antonio Brown, I don't care who the quarterback is, Ben Roethlisberger, Derek Carr, they're just going to take a shot and he's going to win way more often than not. Cause he's crazy. Um, he's crazy in multiple ways. Don't get me wrong, but I just, I, I think this is, you know what this is? This is a, one of those dang millennials. <laughs> any, any publicity is good publicity. Uh, and and I'm sure there are players on the team that it rubs the wrong way. I'm sure the coaching staff isn't thrilled to have it. But when the rubber meets the road in four weeks, which is when this stuff all matters, I, I just think if I'm getting Antonio Brown in the second round, I'm happy to do it. Yeah, you know, I I think the the feet thing is interesting, just to see if that ends up having any impact. I, I just want to see him out there running around, but mm-hmm. I can't imagine. I'm kind of with you on the helmet thing. You know, the guy likes playing too much. He likes money too much. I'd be surprised if he's not out there. What about some of the young gun running backs? You know, there's always a lot of discussion about how high is too high to take guys like Miles Sanders for the Eagles, David Montgomery uh, for the Chicago Bears. Both of them have gotten a lot of that preseason camp buzz. Sanders getting, even though he missed all of OTAs, with a hamstring issue, where where do you stand on those guys? I've I've not been completely immune to the charms of hearing about how people rave about those two rookies. I uh, certainly liked them fine pr- previously and um, didn't have them ranked poorly for fantasy purposes at all. I, I in this past little go here, where you mentioned my little uh, Harris football almanac, where I keep track of my ranks and t- tell my reasonings and stuff like that, I did just boost. In an update, I boosted both Sanders and Montgomery a little bit. Not to the point where I feel like they're clear running back ones. For me, they're more like low-level RB2s. But, um, you know, everything in the NFL is a platoon right now. There's not, you know, there's very few teams that aren't going to use a third down back, a Tariq Cohen, or an early down banger, a Jordan Howard. And to me, 
that's not going to be a reason to be scared away from a player since all but about five running backs have some level of platoon mate. I wouldn't imagine that either one of these rookies, Montgomery or Sanders, finds themselves in a position to amass 300 touches this year. It just It's relatively rare for running backs, certainly rare for rookie running backs. And then in this case, there are viable options on those rosters. The Eagles do have Jordan Howard, who I don't particularly love, but he's like a workman-like very consistent sort of smooths things out if the kid if Miles Sanders were to ever fumble or you know, which he did a lot at Penn State or make a pass protection mix up or something Howard can handle some of the work and Tariq Cohen I just don't think is going anywhere he's just an incredible playmaker maybe the fastest player in the NFL uh, so but the fact that I'm saying that those guys won't get to 300 touches doesn't scare me off of them because I mean none of them do so what I really care about is what are they, what are they as players and to me, they're they're different. Um, I think Montgomery's more apt to be a little bit more physical, maybe a little less acceleration and long distance explosiveness. I mean, Miles Sanders is a big play waiting to happen, uh, but both of them have tons of appeal, and I kind of am. I'm kind of a little bit like, yeah, let's continue to watch what they look like. Especially, I want to see the week three of the preseason, but they're sort of for me both on an upward trend. I like it. Speaking of running backs on an upward trend, how about Darius Geis? You mm. know, it, it seems like he's been healthy for the Redskins. I was fired up about him last year. Obviously, he was unfortunately injured in the preseason. What do you think about Geis's prospects for this year? Well, this is one where I think we really do pay attention to the beat reporters, and we do want to know what he's doing because the 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 weight against him potentially being a really good option for us this year feels mostly related to the torn ACL from last year. And then all of those hamstring problems that he kind of had all through the first half of 2019. So the more we hear, he's just able to do, this is a case where it doesn't have to just be like fluffy conversation about how great the guy is, you know, Oh, amazing. He looks so great in the uniform. I want to know just that he's out there participating, continue, you know, for me, the longer he stays out there, the longer we don't hear things about hamstrings being pulled or the knee being sore. Jarek McKinnon, right, having a, a sore knee, uh, really that negative that puts a big strain on him as a potential sleeper. For me, every every week that goes by in August, if as we hear that Geis is out there and continuing to be able to do what he's supposed to do and looks like normal, doesn't look like he's limited in any way, that just puts his fantasy stock a little bit more higher and higher and higher and higher. I don't think Adrian Peterson goes anywhere necessarily, and I'm not sure that Washington's all that great in offense, but I don't really care. I'm with you. I mean, Geis's second of last year, his sophomore year at LSU, he looked like a potential number one overall pick. He was amazing. He wasn't as good in the junior year, and now we're not sure what he is as you know coming back. But boy, that third preseason game for Washington, I'll certainly be paying attention to that one. Yep, I think uh, I, I I will as well. I like I said I. I love his style of play. There was some interesting stuff with him during the pre-draft process and during the draft last year that I thought was somewhat noteworthy. It's funny, too, because the expression I heard about him, and I agree with this, was that he runs like a bowling ball full of butcher knives, which is good timing, <laughs> Chris, because I love eating and I love Butcher Box. Butcher Box, not sure if you're familiar or not, Chris. 
they have four different curated boxes that you can choose from. High-quality, grass-fed, grass-finished beef, free-range organic chicken, heritage breed pork. Can you tell this is a good sponsor for a lineman whose podcast is called Fantasy Feast? Yes, you can. They got Alaskan salmon, which is good for me, trying to stay under 250 pounds. Very affordable, which I like. They send it right to your house. So basically the deal here is to get really good organic meats and fish sent right to your house. You don't have to go to the store. You don't have to search, especially if you're somewhere where they don't have like a Whole Foods or whatever, stores like that. You can get sent right to your house. Right now, Butcher Box, uh, presented by Darius Geis, is offering two new members two pounds of ground beef and two packs of bacon for free plus $20 off their first box. Yum. Here's the deal. For that, to get that though, for the $20 off your first box plus two pounds of ground beef and two packs of bacon, go to butcherbox.com slash feast or enter promo code feast at checkout. Butcherbox.com slash feast. Enter promo code feast at checkout. Speaking of feasting, Chris, it does not seem like anybody should be feasting on Jarek McKinnon, McKinnon shares mm-hmm. in their league. What a shame. You know, I, I kind of – the Kyle Shanahan identified him, Chris, said that's my dude. I think he's going to be perfect in my offense. And I don't think he's ever real – I mean, this PRP injection stuff and out for a couple weeks – this is kind of sounding like a a plane that's never going to get off the runway. Yeah, like I said earlier, um, it's it's the negative stuff that I pay way more attention to. And when we hear when we hear the team float through through media sources, this idea that he might be going on injured reserve, it sort of tells you which way this is probably going. I guess you know, still have a few weeks. It's possible that this works and he feels great, but I'm with you. I wouldn't if I was drafting right now, I wouldn't be taking him except outside a very deep league in the in the teens in a draft. What it probably does most of all is well, two things. Just from a sheer personnel NFL perspective, I think what it tells us is kind of the confusion that I know I felt when they signed Tevin Coleman, where it felt like a pretty big duplication of effort compared to what McKinnon can do, compared to what Matt Brad Brady can do, now it seems like, well, maybe they knew something was brewing. You know, maybe they knew not just duplication, maybe replacement. They needed someone who could actually be healthy. So there's that. And then just from a pure pure, you know, we're looking at this ruthlessly through fantasy football lens, it just narrows it down from three to two and it makes it a lot clearer who who you would want to potentially have on a team. Myself, I've just never been a huge Tevin Coleman fan. Um, I recognize that there are a few things he does very, very well. He is, a, a, for a big, upright kind of runner, he runs real fast, and he can definitely four or five times a year make a big play on a little flare-out screen where he takes it to the house and makes your week. But, boy, I don't know how you could watch the chance that he got with the Falcons last year once Devonta Freeman was hurt and see him really just do nothing with it. Uh, and and then feel like awesome about him coming to San Francisco and and becoming any kind of lead back. You know, I expect the average draft position between Coleman and Brita to level out a little bit. And, you know, right now when McKinnon was still in the picture, I think Brita was like a 12th round pick and Coleman was like a fifth round pick. Uh, frankly, in a standard league, I'd, I think it's real close. I'd rather have Brita. I think he's much smaller and he has durability questions. 
but I think he's just a better running back. I think he's better vision, better lateral agility, better acceleration. Uh, whereas in a PPR league, I would certainly prefer Coleman. But if their draft positions are going to stay set apart, I, put it this way. I just would prefer to draft a guy who costs less because I'm not positive either one's going to be great. And for right now, that's Breida. So you can put me down as saying, yeah, I mean, if if Matt Breida's draft stock is going to even rise to like eighth or ninth round, I'm definitely going to be on board. Uh, yep, and I would say this too. I'm I'm anxious to see him healthy. I'm anxious to see what he can do when he's really able to to be full throttle. He was so beat up at times last year. What about the Duke Johnson trade to Houston? Because this is pretty sizable news that Duke mm-hmm. Johnson. I know he's got the hamstring right now, but Duke Johnson getting traded to the Houston Texans. What are you telling people on your show and what are you telling me about what it means for Duke and Lamar Miller? So it's not good for Lamar Miller. I think that's very clear. I wasn't I was kind of off the Lamar Miller train last year and felt kind of air, food tasted better, air smelled sweeter. It was just nice not to have to worry that Lamar Miller wasn't going to come through for me and he tends not to. He's fine. I don't he's not a bad player. He just sort of oh, he's just okay. He he doesn't miss a ton of games. He seems like he's always somewhat banged up, and it just like doesn't catch it great, and tends to fumble at the wrong time, and just maybe sort of gets what's blocked, but not too much more. So I was already relatively low. I might have been at like RB twenty eight on Lamar Miller, and on this news, it's not good. So I put him down to RB thirty one. But it, you know I'm not. I can't penalize him too much more because he was already kind of in the in the penalty box for me. To bring it back to the Cornell hockey metaphor, um, but. My feeling about uh, Duke Johnson, like a lot of people, I think probably the opinion generally you're going to hear is always liked him, always thought he was underused, probably isn't a lead back in the NFL, but what a receiver. I, I've Another guy I've done YouTube work on recently at the end of last week just to show that not all running back receivers are created equal. Duke Johnson is probably the best ball skills pass catching running back in the league and he's one of the he's up there with Christian McCaffrey as one of the best route runners among running backs in the league there are plays on film especially from 2017 that I almost can't believe that a running back made them he basically behaves like a wide receiver and so sure you're going to hear well the Texans last year threw the fewest number of targets to running backs each of the last three years they were bottom five in targets to running backs my feeling about that is they didn't have Duke Johnson on the roster, that they're not stupid. When they had Arian Foster, they would throw it to him. Bill O'Brien was Arian Foster's coach there at the very beginning. He threw it to him. Um, when they have a guy who can do it, I think they'll do it, and it will result in Lamar Miller playing a bit less. If I'm making a wager between who touches it more for the season, as long as they're both healthy, I think Miller. I would be drafting Miller higher than Duke Johnson, even in a PPR. But yeah, it's an obvious boost to Duke Johnson. It makes me think... Let's add him. I mean, let's let's consider him now in our on our draft boards. I'm um, just it's it's exciting and fun to add another. I mean, he might be already be the second pass catcher, second best pass catcher on the team. It's fun to add another weapon for Deshaun Watson. What about any any upgrade in your rankings for Nick Chubb now that Duke Johnson's not there for third down work in the first half of the year before Kareem Hunt's eligible? 
I haven't done it, and and it's entirely about what you just said. Uh, so whatever governor there was on my Nick Chubb enthusiasm, and it's I have him like RB eleven, so it's not like I have that much of a governor. But whatever, go, I, I like him a lot as a player. But whatever lack of enthusiasm I have to get him, say number eight or number seven on my list, comes down to exactly to Kareem Hunt. There's just Man, I just the specter of of getting into week nine or whatever it is, and and being or week ten and being about to get into my fantasy playoffs, and suddenly it's thirteen carries a piece for those two dudes. Not that I know what's going to happen, I don't, but there is some percent chance that they will take the fresh Kareem Hunt and feel like, wow, we can get to the playoffs and dominate if we use this guy who's just fresher than everybody else. And that X percent chance scares me more than the prospect of Duke Johnson catching passes on third down would have. And frankly, my guess is the Browns, because they're smart, they're going to get someone else. They'll have someone else in mind to play, to, to spell Nick Chubb. It probably doesn't instantly mean, cool, now Nick Chubb never comes off the field because that's not a wise way to use him. Um, so as much as I, I do very much like him, I didn't raise him as a result of this transaction. Finally, um, I guess I want, that's a good point, by the way, about that would be a major bummer if Chubb – I guess Chubb could carry you all season and then <laughs> and then right, right when you really need him, he's, he's you know in a big-time time split. You mentioned Maurice Harris earlier. You know, <laughs> whether it's the Patriots receivers or the running backs for that matter – it's always kind of like a Rubik's Cube trying to solve what they've got going. There's a lot of buzz about this Jacoby Myers right now. But you think about the guys over the years. Was it, Who was that one tight end? Like Sudfeld or something? And yeah, Nate Sudfeld Hollister. and Zach Hollister. Or Jacob Hollister, yeah. 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 I mean, there's always been different guys in the preseason that then somehow never actually play in the regular season. Are you... Buying any of this Jacoby Myers? Are you taking any of these Patriots receivers right now? Um, I'm not buying Jacoby Myers except for, okay, let's throw the name in the hopper. And if something comes out, he's a waiver ad, not a draft pick, right? So he's a, if he's playing in week one or week two, I go, okay, interesting. But they also have Philip Dorsett there. I mean, Julian Edelman's the one we're definitely certainly drafting. You're, you're setting him aside, obviously, everyone else. Um, I'm not, you know, the real question for me is Nikhil Harry, who had so much excitement when he was a first round pick uh, for the Patriots back in April. You know, it appear again, my shtick is that I'm not usually going to pay too much attention when there's gushing going on among beat reporters or anybody else who's observing camp. But when I consistently hear read from these Patriot beat reporters saying, yeah, I don't know. Nikhil Harry can't really show himself. He can't really get on the field. He can't really, he's not being consistent, all that stuff. I go, all right, well, I'm not dooming him. I mean, Harry would probably still be the next Patriots receiver I would consider splurging a draft pick on, but it ain't good. And I have lowered Harry, I think outside my top 50, maybe right around 50, where I previously maybe had him around 37, 38 uh, among wide receivers because, again, negative stuff tends to be more the truth in training camp than positive stuff. And that's certainly true with the Patriots beat reporters. It's sort of a, a legendarily flighty, we'll kind of sort of believe everything that's told to us kind of uh, organ- kind of group. And so, yeah, Maurice Harris, I, I just couldn't get enough Maurice Harris questions on my Twitter feed that first week. And now where do you go? Like now it's this Jacoby Meyer. Remember that, uh, the infomercial in the nineties, Jacoby and Myers, it was like a personal injury. Yes. Yes. That? Yeah. <laughs> that dude, that's so funny yeah, I, you say that. That's 
I thought of that too. Jaco- I was like, why does that sound so familiar? So Jacoby familiar. Myers. Why is that? Why is that so familiar? <laughs> That's really funny. Yeah, Jacoby yeah. and Myers. Well, maybe he can get a pretty nice endorsement if he ends up catching some passes from Brady this year. And I'll, I'm with you on Harry. The track record of Patriots receivers is not real good. Drafted receivers, especially high. I was there when Chad Jackson was drafted. We'll see because it's been up and down so far for Harry, yeah. for sure. My okay. thing about the endorsement for Jacoby Myers is if he gets injured, that's where he really has the – that's the money right there. <laughs> that's when it really cashes in. Chris, you're the man. Always appreciate the time. Everybody needs to check out Chris on Twitter, at Harris Football. Certainly go to harrisfootball.com for all of the podcasts, the YouTube show, the almanac. It's all right there. This guy – is a sicko like Evan. He's 24-7 all day, every day. I love it. Thank you, my friend. Thanks, Ross. Thanks for having me. Excellent work, Mr. Harris. I enjoyed that. I love just hearing what matters and what doesn't so far in the preseason. I think that's important, really important. It's also important that you know the right place to go to get your information. Christopher, they should, by the way, have you on CBS Sports HQ. Look, TV... Constant bickering, made-up drama. That's why my buddies over at CBS Sports HQ have an actual network that just streams 24-7 good quality content. Their fantasy experts are there to help you all season. They bring you the latest stats and injury updates. Whether you play DFS or season-long, they are there for you. No politics, no fake debates. Just the games and the games around the games, like fantasy, like betting, whatever. Just open the CBS Sports app and watch anytime from anywhere on your phone or at home, on your Apple TV, Roku, or Fire TV. It couldn't be easier. Download the CBS Sports app and watch CBS Sports HQ today. Speaking of today, that'll do it for today's Fantasy Feast podcast. Remember, we've got Evan with the last of his tiers of Evan. Then you still have my offensive line rankings are to come. So get excited. Get fired up for that because that's very, very important. My O-line rankings. You guys all know that. Coming up in a couple weeks. or No, that's actually next week. But tomorrow... I'll be giving out that NFL Game Pass code to somebody that retweets my tweeter, Brian. We may or may not give out another spot in the Fantasy Feast redraft. Like I don't know anybody else has really stepped up as much as they need to to actually get in the league. And I think that's it. Check out Even Money Podcast today. And Rich Eisen was on the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, which was awesome. Other than that, I'm stuffed. I'm full until 11 tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Feast podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker football podcast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and the College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.